It's the Shift It'll Do podcast. Time to kick back and listen to most of the best and some of the interesting moments from our national overnight radio show on the Chorus Radio Network. The Shift It'll Do podcast starts right now. It's officially Cyber Monday. So there are deals most everywhere at the point now. But really, Cyber Monday's been going on for a little while over the last few days. Here to talk to us about it, blogger, skipper extraordinaire, and tech geek <laughs> all around is Andy Barrar. Hey, Andy. It's my uh, new pandemic skill that I've learned, Shane. It is. Jump, How much weight bro. have you lost? Have you trimmed down? Oh, a lot, a lot. And it's funny because I, I know a lot of people are trying to like lose weight during the pandemic, but I just wanted to learn how to jump rope. I always thought it was cool. I was a fan of like 80s training montages, like, you know, the Rocky. And mm-hmm. so I decided to learn. I just went on YouTube and how to jump rope. And as I was getting better and better and learning more skills, I'm jumping rope longer. I lost about 10 pounds in mm-hmm. about four months. I can see it in your face. I know I, the radio, this is where radio fails us, but we're on the call. And so I can see it in your face. Like yeah. you do look leaner. Yeah, actually I'm back to my high school graduation weight after 20 wow, years. Man. So yeah. uh, none of my you clothes got a little sparkle in your hair there, I see. So that part you haven't fixed yet. Back to <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still have the gray, but uh, <laughs> I'm just a 40-year-old, 20-year-old. That's, that's tell good. People. What a great problem to have. And so we'll just leave it there, but you set up some mats in the backyard, watched some videos, learned how to skip, and now you had a fitness routine. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it just helped me kind of get through this pandemic, you know, because we're all stuck at home and I just needed to focus on something. And I'm like, you know what? I should learn a new skill. And it, it just happened to be jumping rope. And now I'm addicted. And I think wow. I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. You think you're going to keep it? Yeah. 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 I I, I, I think about it all, all the time. I, I listen to a song and I'm like, oh, I got to run outside like a little kid and start really? jumping to it. It's It's pretty funny. Oh, that's neat that you found that. How cool. Well, Andy is a tech guy, not only a fitness guru. (laughs) Um, And with Cyber Monday here, let's talk about Cyber Monday. It's been around for a while, but I think that most people are starting to just realize that Cyber Monday is for everybody. There There was sort of this stigma for the first few years that it came around, which was originally to be the antithesis of uh, Black Friday, meaning all the online stores were like, oh yeah, you're going to have a sale. Well, we're going to have a sale. Now those lines have all been blurred, but it started out like that. And I think the perception was kind of like, well, Black Friday is for normal people and Cyber Monday is for the geeks, but well, it's grown really huge, right? Yeah. Cyber Monday actually, Shane, started back in 2005 and it was a way to just to promote like online sales because, you know, that was kind of taking off at that time. And so just for some statistics, in 2006, the year after they started Cyber Monday, it was about $600 million in sales. Now, last year, 2019, it was $9 billion in sales. So clearly it is going up. But an interesting stat that I learned about Cyber Monday from last year was one out of every three purchases, so about $3 billion worth of goods, were purchased on a smartphone on Cyber Monday. So more and more people every year are shopping on their smartphone rather than their laptops. And so it will be interesting to see what happens this year because we, of course, all know everybody is working from home. So the question is, are they going to be shopping on their laptop or will they still be doing it from their smartphone, even though they're at home? And we all know everybody shops while they're working as well. That's another stat about Cyber Monday. Productivity goes down this day in the office, typically. It typically does. I, um, I, I, I have some friends that do still most of their work on their phone, and I don't understand how they do that, right? They're sort of typing in their Google Sheets or whatever, sending emails on their phone. 
And I, I get that sometimes in a bind, sure, but there's nothing that compares to sitting in front of a big old desktop and comfy chair and getting it done. Well, the Shane, the reason why people are doing that is they're a creature of habit. And so they're using their smartphone all the day, all the time. And so it's just the first thing that they pick up. And what you're seeing, especially with people shopping with their smartphone, is that next year, do you think they're going to go grab their laptop to go shopping? No, they're going to be doing it probably while they're in the bathroom or, or something like that. But this is how people are and they're not going to change their behavior. So you can expect, actually, what's really funny is if you look at sales, Cyber Monday actually has more sales than Black Friday. So really? this thing that was supposed to happen after Black Friday is now you know, surpassing Black Friday in terms of the sales. I, um, I, I've, I'm new to Amazon. So like I'm way far behind compared to some people. And I always... I didn't want to buy online. I didn't want to get the delivery, all those things. But now that they have the local delivery, the local distribution houses, fulfillment centers, and all that stuff, I, I did it. I got it because I wanted Prime on the TV to watch some shows. And then I realized it was all the same fee. What a deal, right? And now on the cell phone, you literally, because your information saved, you literally tap the button, swipe it, and it's ordered. Like, that's it. Two touches. It yes. couldn't get easier. It's kind of dangerously easy, actually. Yeah, and it wasn't by coincidence that they make it that easy. And what they're trying to, Amazon's trying to do is, you know, why do you go to the grocery store to buy your toilet paper? We'll just set you up on a subscription. And so then they know that you're going to, what your behavior is. Because Amazon, you know, they have the Amazon Web Cloud as well. So they have all this AI and analytics. They have the smart speakers. They understand so much about our behaviors. And so they can predict the kind of things that we're going to shop and when we're going to shop for it. And then you just make it so much easier where you don't even have to shop for it. We'll just send it to you and charge you. Don't worry about it. And so once you get into that, it's hard to get out. And so they're slowly trying to get us into that subscription style behavior for things that we always need, like toothpaste and toilet paper. It's not a bad idea, really, when you think about it. In today's world, why not have it come get dropped off? And then their, their army of vehicles that are driving around is all over the place. And, you know, you would think Amazon's carbon footprint is massive. And I thought it was hypocritical for them to sponsor that rink in Seattle. But once you dig into the things that they're trying to do, they're actually, and I'm, I'm, I'm hard on those companies, right? For the spin of our, our green initiatives. Uh, I always try to dig deeper because businesses are great at spinning that stuff, mm -hmm. but Amazon has some pretty remarkable programs behind it too. So, you know, they're doing it, but what about, like, what about flying? I mean, they, they are going to be the biggest airline in the world soon because they've got their own planes. Uh, absolutely. They're, they're, they understand so much more about, you know, logistics and just moving goods throughout the country. You know, like, imagine you buy something in the morning on your phone when you wake up, and then it can sometimes be there later on that day. Just the, the technology that goes behind that, to just be able, the, the, the logistics to make that happen it is amazing. More people in the U.S. have an Amazon Prime membership now, Shane, than they do having a pet, owning a gun, or more people that voted, which is crazy to think about. Amazon, just the majority of American households have an Amazon Prime membership. And so they're doing all of their shopping on Amazon. And Amazon is growing. And even during this pandemic, you could say they were primed for this pandemic because they're hiring more and more people because a lot of people are at home buying all their goods online. And that that behavior, I guarantee, post-pandemic will continue. More and more people are going to skip going into stores 
and going to have the convenience of just shopping online. So what's something, Andy, that that you are looking at or were at least considering for Cyber Monday for yourself? Was there anything that you were shopping? Well, here's the thing. Everybody, doesn't matter almost who you are, you're going to need a laptop at some point in time. And if you need to buy a laptop, the best time is during back to school and during the holidays. And so Cyber Monday is really that day one where all the big laptop sales come about. In fact, a lot of manufacturers will make specific models of laptops with specific specs and configurations just to move for Cyber Monday and uh, Black Friday. So there's a lot of laptops that are flooding the market right now. It doesn't matter if you go to Best Buy or Amazon or Walmart. This is the time that you're going to get a deal on those laptops. Two, $300 savings on a laptop, which uh, is pretty remarkable because they don't come that cheap throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, and there's not big margins on them either. Actually, can you talk about that part too? Because a lot of the TV companies have have done that for a long time in similar fashion. For example, Walmart could sell a version of a Sony TV that looks an awful lot like the one you see at Best Buy in the fancy stores, but it's way cheaper for some reason. It has way less guts in it, way less horsepower in it. And they make a very similar version discounted for Walmart, and then they have a big, robust version that you buy at all the fancy TV stores. They're very similar, but they're not the same. Exactly, and I learned this the hard way because I was doing some research for my parents, and I went to Costco, and I was looking at some models, and then... Being the good tech person that I am, I took the model number and then I tried to Google it and then instantly learned that this is not a familiar model on their website. This was specifically made for Costco. So they have all these different configurations and that's why you see those stellar deals because this, it was like a product made to just move. They just, they're, they're making this to move it because they're going to put on a deal where the consumers are like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting a TV that big for this price. And frankly, a lot of people aren't that picky when it comes to televisions. They don't look at the specs. They look at the brightness. And that's why if you go in the settings, here's a little tip for people. If you go in the TV settings for brightness, there's a TV mode. And that's for when they're on the display. Because when you have all these TVs, the one that's brightest is the one that consumers typically pick. So all the manufacturers have a mode in their TVs to just crank the brightness up just when it's on display. And you'll see that at any TV that you buy, that there is that setting because that's just how consumers behave. I'll pick that one because it's the brightest. Yeah. Well, now that you say that, I mean, I like to think that I look at the stats and I look at all the things, but you're right. The first one that you notice, the, there's always that TV that you walk in and it's 4K something and it's like, whoa, look at the color. Yes. Right. And it gets your attention. It absolutely does. So, I mean, there's, I've... I haven't bought a TV for that reason, but I can say that I've been, totally been sucked in and had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of research on that. I'm like, why do people just like pick that one? And then when I started geeking out one day, um, looking inside the settings, I was like, oh, there's a, there's a display mode just for the store and they make it in the TV and they tried to all compete. But here's the thing about televisions. You don't want it super bright. It's not good for your eyes, nor your uh, computer monitor or your smartphone. That's how you get that eye strain. So you want to only have the brightness uh, just enough that you can see, but not too much that it's going to give you eye strain. Dark mode is also very popular these days too. Facebook's got it. Uh, My iMac software has it where literally everything comes with a dark mode to it, not a bright mode. Must be the same. 
Yes. And another thing you have to worry about is these screens for children with, you know, because they have small arms, that screen is closer to their eyes and their eyes are trying to adjust. So I'm very worried because we have this generation of eye babies who are, who are spending so much time on smartphones and tablets. Um, what's going to happen to their eyes in, in a couple of years? Because I remember growing up, you know, being too close to the television and my mom telling me, you know, you got to stand back from the TV. But if you look at this whole generation of children, you know, they're glued to their, to their mobile devices and it's right up at their face too. Even my kids, I mean, my kids are more inclined to watch a show on YouTube or on Netflix on their phone on a little, how many inches that five inch screen, six inch screen than the 55 inch I've got downstairs. Um, You know, there's TVs everywhere. I've got TV in my office. It's 42 and nobody's watching it, right? They're all watching the tiny little screen. So it's funny how when I, I, when, when I grew up, yeah, I remember when we got our first 32-inch TV, the old-style TVs, like, whoa, it was huge, right? Um, but, I mean, we spent a large part of our lives watching things were 22, 24 inches. Yeah, and now you, what you have is in families where everybody's watching something all at the same time, but in their own different rooms by themselves. So, it, you know, those, those family movie nights, so I don't know if people still do them anymore because even if you do, you have somebody with a, what they call a second screen in their hand. So they're trying to multitask while watching one movie, mm-hmm. they're texting and chatting with their friends. So times, times have changed in a very, very short period of time. You got to think yeah. the iPhone came out in 2007. And look at how much our behavior has changed since then. Since then. Well, we do that here too, where we uh, make the kids, oh, I don't want to watch that show. Or the hockey game is a good example. My daughter doesn't want to watch the hockey game. So she'll just put in earphones and come sit on the couch with us and watch her own show. But at least she'll be in the room with us and share the popcorn or whatever. And uh, it also helps me as a dad because I'm going to be like, can you go get me another rye? And then so I've got them close by, which is exactly why we had kids in the first place. Exactly. Helpful hands. More hands out. Looking at Cyber Monday, though, during the pandemic, Andy Barrar, um, we look at it, you know, as an opportunity to save money. Amazon is killing it. You know, to your point earlier, they're absolutely crushing it. And small business providers support local is a big thing right now. So, you know, are we in big trouble, do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. Because we have a bunch of people that are told to stay at home. Um, and they have their smartphones, they have Amazon Prime accounts, Amazon is pushing all these deals to them, giving them push notifications. And then we're trying to tell people to support local at the same time, because we have all these local small businesses that are suffering. So it's not a really good situation. It's actually going to take a lot of personal effort to go and try to support your small businesses. But if there was ever a year that we should do this, it's right now because a lot of the businesses that we take for granted that, you know, I'll never look at like a pub or a, like a, a bar establishment the same because, you know, you, you got to think about those owners and how much they're suffering and if they can survive. And if we don't support them, especially during this pandemic, a lot of them won't be surviving. And, and Amazon is just, killing the mom and pop sh- stores. You know, I, I miss the, the old computer stores, your local computer store where you could go in there and all the geeks would geek out on the latest, like, you know, graphics card. Those days are gone. Everything's done on a form. You're looking at reviews online, people, you know, people on YouTube. So mm-hmm. it's just, everything's changed so much, but we got to support those local businesses and Amazon's doing well. We, you know, as convenient as it is, we do have to change our behavior to support those other businesses that might not make it through this pandemic. 
Well, keep it in mind uh, for everyone, all the shift heads that are listening that, um, you know, this coming from a guy who as a job does online reviews for things too. Like, I mean, so this is how honestly uh, this piece is shared, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. All of my stuff I I do is for like um, online sales and and reviews online and people are going to buy the stuff that I do online because frankly, there's no computer stores, (laughs) local computer Mm -hmm. stores anymore. Everything is done basically online. If you know, if you don't count Best Buy, I really think that's the last brick and mortar place where you can go into to to buy gadgets and and whatnot. Yeah, it's true. Although I would like to throw out there, though, I mean, not to be forgotten, because we had someone call in about like mom and pop sandwich shops, burger joints versus um, some chain stuff. And not to be forgotten that, yes, go to like Pete's Sandwich or Pete's Burger Joint, whatever it is. But at the same time, I mean, like Subway, for the most part, is going to be owned by a local entrepreneur, Um, even though they kick out a percentage to the corporate. Sure. But there's still a local business owner who owns your Burger King And now McDonald's corporately owns more corporate stores now, but there usually was a local owner that owned a bunch of McDonald's in your city. You know, so th- those are not to be forgotten either. Boston pizzas are locally franchised. Canadian tire is locally franchised. You know, home hardware is locally franchised. Those sometimes we throw into the big box store bucket, but the reality is that they're still for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, locally owned and operated um, there. And so just don't forget those guys either. I mean, so if you got to go to Canadian Tire to buy your Christmas lights, don't worry about it. You're supporting local jobs. You've got a local entrepreneur that's got a big box store and so on. So actually, now that I say that out loud, Andy, it just comes back to that point about the TVs is just educate yourself of how it works, I guess, eh? Exactly. And if you don't want to be in a store right now, you can still order online and then do curbside pickup. A lot of these mm-hmm. places are, are giving those options so that people can shop safely. But we just got to, you know, support the local businesses. I feel really bad. I always try to go to, you know, grab a sandwich when I'm out and about now because I just want to touch base with people and see how they're doing. My the, My barber, who I thought he would be okay. I'm like, you know, people still need haircuts. And he's like, you know, after everything shut down, people just never came back. And I feel so bad for her. And I, I said, you know what, I'll I'll come in and get my haircut more now because I just Mm -hmm. want to support him. And I give him a bigger tip now because we all have to do that. Otherwise we have to, we have to support our fellow human beings, especially in our local communities. Yeah, I love that. It's good advice. Andy Barrar, uh, you can check out the Handy Andy DIY blog and all the other ways uh, too as well. I'll tweet that out on my Twitter and connect you to Andy uh, with all of the things that he does, uh, his writing for Future Rhythmic and so much more because it's all over the place. Um, thanks so much for touching base. Good luck with any shopping you're doing quietly in the background. Uh, you <laughs> clearly need more technology in your house. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Andy Barrar here on The Shift. Thanks, brother. My pleasure. Anytime, Shane. It's The Shift with Shane Hewitt. Are you okay with reopening the U.S.-Canada border? You mean now? Well, maybe later this morning. No. (laughs) Sorry, neighbors. (laughs) Bye. Um, Better luck next time. I mean, I do miss Shake Shack. Uh, um, I miss Shake Shack. I miss Jollibee. That is the closest Jollibee to us. Oh man, would it be selfish if I said I'm okay with it? Would it be definitely I think it's pretty selfish if I? Yeah, you know, hey, Karen, you're welcome to have any opinion you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
to uh, not get uh, criticism, I would say I'm not okay with it. But in my heart, I would say okay because I do miss Shake Shack. I miss Jollibee, and I miss my my American friends. My uh, all right, I miss Americans. All right, cool. While U.S. Canada border is closed to non-essential travel with the COVID vaccine close by, the Canadian Border Task Force is devising a safe strategy to reopen the border, not by later this morning, but by March. This is Tim Sargent. As thousands of Montrealers hit downtown in search of Black Friday deals, some bargain hunters may have preferred doing their holiday shopping south of the border. But the ongoing closure is forcing people to stay in their respective countries. Let's try to, you know, see what it is that we are going to change. But now, former Quebec Premier Jean Charest is part of a joint task force with other former lawmakers, looking into the conditions under which the border can eventually reopen. The task force he's part of needs to make recommendations by March. Does it mean we'll have to have a vaccine? Does it mean we'll have to produce a a health uh, certificate? Will we have to have our temperature taken? I mean, there's a whole host of issues of questions. That's a question that a lot of people who live near the border are asking. Robin Smith is a dual citizen who just moved into Canada to be close to her parents. She lives in a community where the border separates the town of Stansted, Quebec and Derby Line, Vermont. Smith is in no rush for the borders to reopen to non-essential travel. My family members, people I know here, they, they don't really want it to open either. The land border between Canada and the U.S. has remained closed to non-essential travel since March. Last week, the number of non-commercial vehicles entering Canada was down 92% compared to the same period last year. But commercial traffic, a different story. Almost 118,000 trucks entered Canada last week, a drop of only 1.8% compared to 2019. (laughs) Trucker Sean Lemaire favors some sort of health check before allowing people to cross the border. As uh, partners, Canada and the U.S., I don't think we're anywhere near ready. Unless the infection rates drop dramatically and quickly, then the borders will likely remain closed through the holidays. And the hundreds of thousands of people who normally cross on a weekly basis will likely have to wait until well into 2021 to visit each other's country. Tim Sargent, Global News, Montreal. Okay, are you okay? Are you okay with sexy wedding dances? <laughs> um yeah inherently <laughs> can 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 you guys guess what uh songs i would pick uh for my sexy wedding dance uh oh, dear God. when i get hitched Let eagles me, believe bts is that a song believe no song, uh, it sure. would be it, it would it would definitely be bts okay it would definitely be bts you know, you can imagine me uh, shaking my uh, butt to uh, Korean music. Um, would, my, that would be my sexy wedding dance. My other guess is Witchy Woman, the Eagles. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Is that really a good song to dance to in front of your wife, though? Really? <laughs> you know, it's I not, think that one could be misunderstood. It's not perfect, but uh, it'll do. All right. Well... It seems like a cool thing. I mean, I love it when you get like the father of the bride and the bride and they do a dance and then halfway through the dance, the, you know, the father bride steps away and it's all choreographed and the, 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 the groom steps in and he finishes the dance, the symbolism, you know, the awesome of working on a choreographed dance. I think that stuff's cool. Um, well, 24 year old Canucks forward, Adam Goddard got married for all you Canucks fans. 
uh, this past June. And it looked like it was a, a heck of a party. It was in New York back in the old days when we were allowed to have weddings. Um, during the reception, uh, Godet wanted to surprise uh, Michaela, his new wife, and took a shirt off and was going to give her a lap dance. Naturally, that's what you would want to give at a wedding would be a lap dance. Oh, yeah. Usually that's why you end up getting <laughs> married because the lap dance went too far and now it's a shotgun wedding. Um, Stay safe. Anyway. Folks. Use protection. <laughs> so he was dancing to Pony by Genuine, which is one of the sexiest of the sexy songs, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Everybody was laughing. Everything was just a lot of fun and amazing. And then all of a sudden, his left leg went awry. And this is what it sounded like. Then we'll explain. Okay, so you could hear the oh moment, right? Yeah. That's the leg awry part. And um, the leg awry part is when he went to sweep his leg because she's sitting in a chair. He's doing like lap dance sexy. So imagine in your mind, lap dance sexy. And all of a sudden he goes to swing his leg over his bride. Turns out he's not as nimble as he thought he was. And he kicked her in the face. Oh, snap. Ouch. Now, I'm not one to be giving away marriage advice because I am living life as a divorced person. So often I will say, don't listen to me. In this case, listen to me. <laughs> Never kick your wife in the face, especially at the wedding. Just saying. Does not bode well for things. Yeah, some sort of Bruce Lee, David Lee Roth high kick thing. Just I, I, I will say this though, I I saw that video and the wife looked like she was um she was a pretty good sport about it. Like she was like just laughing when she got kicked in the face. It wasn't like she was mad or anything. So she seemed like she was a good sport. Yeah, well, when she watches that video back a few months later, she's gonna be way less of a good sport because that's gonna be the thing they talked about from the wedding, and that just pisses brides off i've also learned that too but then again i'm divorced i wouldn't listen to me uh are you okay are you okay with angry pat sajak <laughs> um must be a full moon what made it mad <laughs> uh wheel of fortune viewers are trying to solve the puzzle of what's going on with pat sajak from this past week on wednesday so he jokingly, uh, but surpri with surprising intensity, let's say, scolded a contestant for protesting the answer to a crossword puzzle during the game. Let's get the clip. Yeah, where else would you be there? Well, for sure, in the kitchen. Who calls it a kitchen oven? <laughs> no, you won. I won. I won. Okay, so he had to name things that are from a, that start with kitchen, right? That start with kitchen, like kitchen utensils, uh, kitchen cabinet. And one of the pieces of that um, answers was kitchen oven. And I don't know about you. I would agree with the contestant where he says, I don't know how many other ovens are there that aren't in the kitchen living room oven. And he said, who calls it a kitchen oven? 
<laughs> and Pat's response is, well, you got it right. You'll be so ungrateful and scolded him for it. And, uh, I mean, he's kind of right though, really. I mean, don't be ungrateful. They gave it to you, right? How right do you need to be? You're getting the, getting the puzzle. Anyway, Pat Sajak later on did apologize to the contestant as well. Oh, yeah. And part of the story was his mom had been on the show previously, and they made a big deal about how his mom was on Wheel of Fortune in the past. So, oh, I wonder if she was grinding his gears too. Probably. Um, yeah, but I mean, hey, it's a wheel of fortune. Is it really life ending? Pat Sajak, the amount of times that he's been happy on the TV in the last 40 years, I think he's got a free pass on that one, don't you? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's not like he called him, you know, Karen, insert like awful name here <laughs> on, on live television. But uh, right. yeah, no, it's OK. We're, we're all cool with Pat Sajak. More cool with Pat Sajak. Even angry Pat Sajak. It's The Shift with Shane Hewitt. Here on The Shift, we get a lot of characters who come in and out of our lives, that's for sure. And um, there's one particular character that I will admit has endeared us all. Uh, like He's like this homeless person who just drifts around the country or the world, it seems, and can't ever settle anywhere. And before we bring him on the show, I think that we need to... Um, I think, Matt, you got something special to get started here? Should we just get started that way, you think? Uh, yeah, I think we need to uh, bring this guy in with uh, his own little theme song here. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. Yay. He's a Kiwi who lived in Canada but now is in Japan. Um, he can't make up his mind, but he has lots of great ideas. Here uh, to be with us is Chris, Sir Christopher Gilbert once again. Hey, Chris. Hey, I'm, I'm not really sure where to start with that introduction. I think Isn't it's that awesome? the strangest, strangest introduction I've ever had to national radio, but I suppose I am kind of a bum. Hi, how's it going? Hello. <laughs> a bit of a hobo. Um, welcome yeah. to the program again, Chris. It's nice to have you here, buddy. I, um, how, is, uh, how is life in, in, in Tokyo these days, in the, in the sketchy part of Tokyo? Oh, uh, you know, you know, it's 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 good. It's good. I saw an ad on the uh, the train the other day for um, you can go and buy at your local clinic uh, home COVID nineteen tests. So oh. you can buy uh, a home test for about um, maybe a hundred and eighty seven Canadian, or you can buy a ten pack for just about a thousand dollars Canadian. So if you have a little a little <clears throat> on the back of your throat there, and you're like. Wonder if I've got this deadly pandemic that's going around the world. Just pop into your bathroom, spit into a tube, and find out yourself. So, yeah, but I, I don't. I've been through quarantine. I've, you know, I'm COVID three free. You know, so I'm, I'm good. But it was very reassuring to know that I could, you know, find out if I have that or not from the comfort of my own home. But no, Tokyo is. We good. don't. Um, we don't have. Uh, we don't have that in Canada yet. We have to rely on the government to do everything for us and the grocery store to put arrows on the floor. So. <laughs> Hey, hey, there are arrows everywhere here. This is the home of arrows. There'll be arrows telling you which way to turn a corner. There'll be arrows telling you like which way to walk up and down stairs. So I'm I'm more than comfortable with the arrow situation. 
Nice. Chris Gilbert is yeah. uh, in Japan, and he has some uh, international perspective for us here on The Shift. Where are we going, Chris? Yeah, well, I mean, last week we kind of, I think I started off a little bit too weird too early with the whole dinosaur thing, um, for those who remember or have, have mm -hmm. failed to forget, more like. Um, so <laughs> I, think, I think I might start a little bit more normy. And I might start with, um, actually, uh, Mary, I'm going to start with the, uh, the, the mask story, the mask protest thing that I didn't get around to last week, which is even in Tokyo, even in Japan, in this part of the world where, you know, you know, the mask wearing is, you know, it's, it's very famous. Everyone wears masks. They can, I can vouch that almost universally 100% of people I see walking around are wearing masks. Even here, there's anti-mask protests. And I, I saw one the other day, and it uh, kind of it took me by surprise, um, you know, that in, in, a, in a culture so accepting of wearing masks, there wasn't one. So I've got a little bit of audio of that um, of that protest. But before that, I want to compare it to what a like a, a you know USA protest sounds like. So, Maddie, can you play the the USA um, anti-mask protest clip? All lives matter. All lives matter. You protest against masks? That's what you really care about when there's kids in cages? Yeah, so uh, very confused there. Um, all lives matter, kids in cages. Not really sure what's going on. Let's compare that to a, uh, a Japanese anti-mask protest. Oh. Oh. Oh, lovely. Oh, isn't that sweet? Those, yeah. So those birds are pissed off. <laughs> yeah, there's some angry birds there. Those birds are um, tweeting so, up a storm. Hey. Um, so yeah, there, there, it was just literally about five or six people outside a train station with signs over their head and someone playing an electronic organ next to them, very sweetly. And uh, the signs said, and this is what I. This is my favorite part of this. Um, la 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 la. Where was it? Oh. Here we go. The signs read, COVID-19 is a lie. Uh, another one, this is all in English, media virus. Another one said, no smile, no life. Another one said, stop PCR, which really, like, why would you want to stop the COVID-19 test? That just makes no sense to me. It's an odd thing to protest. <laughs> but my favorite was, mama, papa, and this is in Japanese, mama, papa, Kao misete, which means show me your face. <laughs> so it's like mummy, daddy. It's like a fully grown man just holding a sign that says, mummy, daddy, show me your face. <laughs> That's weird. So, yeah. So just a little bit of uh, shoe leather reporting there of uh, from, from Tokyo, Japan, of of what a um, an anti-mask protest sounds like. Even here. Even here. In, I had, um, a, I had a... Um... I saw one on online, and again, I'm going to say this because in today's world, it doesn't diminish the real thing. But someone had a, they did a, a protest for fun. It was a marketing protest for dog rescues, and it was a it was all labs matter, not oh, just I black like labs. And it was, so oh, all like labs that. matter. It was pretty good. I yeah. thought it was. You know what? Of all things, that's pretty creative. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, where where are labs and and the dog hierarchy? You know, do are they more or less important than golden retrievers? And um, oh, you know, do you, do you go by size or by by? I guess like it's you know, purebred. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I, I guess border collies win. 
for intellect yeah i would imagine but then you get size right so they just get kicked to the curb all the little ones little yappy ones i don't know yeah no i, I think uh Hard you know discussion i'm i've i've got controversial views on small dogs which is i think that uh the smaller they are the cute the cuter they aren't <laughs> all them fighting words <laughs> yeah. i uh I would agree. I just, I Take can't that. stand the yappy ones. Like I, I never wanted, I was looking for a Chihuahua uh, years ago and I ended up with a Great Dane. Seriously. It was shopping for a Chihuahua, got a Great Dane. So how did um, that happen? Never went back. Uh, a friend of mine had puppies and well, his dog had puppies and, um, and then we saw, met the Great Dane puppies. And once you meet a Great Dane puppy, then there's no going back. And then ended up with three of them at once. So <laughs> did you say once you a see a Great Dane puppy, there's no going back? <laughs> No, there's That's not. It. There really isn't, man. Once you see them, they're so cute. And once you have a Great Dane, you never go back to a small dog. You can't. They're so amazing. Is it okay? I'm just, I know this is technically quite bad. I'm going to Google Great Dane puppy because I really want to see it. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I get that. Okay, I can see. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Oh, that's right? adorable. Yeah, I mean, right. they, what, what, what happens to them is a bit disappointing after that. But yeah, Great Danes are, yeah, I'm all for the puppy. <laughs> Speaking of puppies, speaking of puppies, Segway yeah, right? here. Nice. Uh, yeah, well let, let's move to let's move to Florida. Um, so this has been around. Um, you know, this is uh, the story of the man in Florida who uh, was walking his dog within three feet of a, a body of water. Uh, a four-foot gator jumps out of the water like a bullet because those things can move. Even the little ones, even the puppies, they can move and grabs <laughs> the poor, the poor little, the poor little, what was it, like a cocker spaniel, and like pulls it into the water. The man leaps into the water, wrestles the gator. Uh, this is what it sounds like. Oh, goodness. The poor puppy. Oh, oh the poor puppy. <laughs> Oh, he's really, he's really, oh, should this be on the radio? It's really sad. Oh, it is, it is, but I mean, it's, it's a happy ending though, because that puppy runs away and, you know, goes to the, it recovers for a few days in the hospital and gets fed some jelly and ice cream and it's all good after a while, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, the puppy's fine. It's not that sad, little, you know, like I, no, I was, little, I was, little puncture wound is fine. Yeah, I mean, like, um, my, my partner hears the sounds coming from my laptop when I get these stories together um, during the day. And she's she's like, oh, the, the puppy, the, I'm so sad for the puppy. And I'm like, the puppy's fine. I don't, the, you know, the puppy's, the puppy had a story to go tell the other dogs, you know. It's like, it's okay, it got into a fight, it's, it's, it's going to be a better dog in the future because of it. But um, what I was most impressed about by this story was, uh, like, the guy doesn't flinch. He jumps straight in. And, like, it's, an, it's four feet, but it's still an alligator, you know. And he wrestles it. And I'm thinking, like, if it was me and I was walking my little doggy along, you know, like Florida Keys or wherever he is, and, and a, a gator grabs my puppy, would, would I jump in or would I think, eh, I'm gonna, yeah, he had a good run. <laughs> that's nature. In, See ya, uh, puppy. That's nature taking place right there. Just wipe your hands well, off the whole thing. Is it your dog? Is it your is it your wife's dog? Like you're like, well, did I really like the dog? Okay, Does the so dog need dental work? 
<laughs> yeah, that was kind of an expensive dog in the end. You know, I thought it was cute, but the bills were racking up. Um, mm-hmm. it, anyone like who here? Who here would jump in and, and wrestle wrestle the alligator and free the puppy? I think I would. I don't know. I probably would too. I mean, depends on the size of the alligator. I mean, let's be honest. In today's world, I'm surprised he didn't just grab his camera and get the video for YouTube to get some click money. Oh, ouch! I like that. That's a good take. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite true, actually. Bleak. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking. There is that moment where you're like, "I got to rescue my dog," and you jump in. You know, I can see that happening, being like, "You don't even think about it." And so I was going through animals in my mind like kind of ranking sort of how how likely am I to wrestle this animal and I think I got to grizzly bear before I decided I wouldn't I wouldn't fight it but maybe maybe I'm being over optimistic but about my I'm I'm quite skinny yeah I think probably the four foot gator would have finished me off (laughs) I don't know how big I would go I I would think that it would be yeah I don't like there's probably a kick like kick at a big beast, right? The little ones are probably scarier than the big ones at that point. I yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a valiant effort on his part. Um, I felt it deserved a backing track, so um, I put a backing track on it. So Maddie, Maddie's smiling. He knows what's coming. Let's play it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Good job to that guy. Yeah. Anyway, puppy's fine. Um, All in a day's work for a valiant hero. And uh, should we do one more? Yeah, we can time for a quick one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Should we do the scarecrows in Cambodia? Yeah. Uh, Cambodia. Yeah. Cambodia has a unique way of warding off the coronavirus, which is to scare it. Yeah. they are putting, uh, I guess, uh, you know, kind of old clothes, um, old pieces of metal, some straw they have lying about, some baseball helmets um, outside their houses to, I guess, you know, frighten off the coronavirus. Uh, there's a clip from Reuters. Let's listen to it. Cambodian villager Ik Chan believes she has found a way of avoiding coronavirus, not using masks or social distancing, but rather scarecrows known locally as Tingmong. Since I've made these scarecrows, they have helped to scare away all viruses, including the coronavirus, from spreading to my family. I myself really believe in the magic of scarecrows and don't worry about catching the virus at all. The two scarecrows guard the gate to the 64-year-old's house near the capital, Phnom Penh. The practice has existed for more than a century in some Cambodian villages. The scarecrows are typically made of rice hay, bamboo or wooden sticks, and dressed in old clothes. Chan added a motorcycle helmet for extra protection. (laughs) That'll work. Good thing. Well, safety first, really. I mean, mean, if you're going to, you've got to wear a helmet in today's world. You can't do much without it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm surprised that, um, you know, now that we're wearing masks, we don't have mandatory helmets. No, just in general. (laughs) I know a few people Triple that probably awesome. should. Yeah, I mean, I, I I fell over the other day, and you know, I it was I was missed a step at the train station. No, not at the train station. Sorry, in my local shopping street, and I 
I knocked over a, a lovely display of mandarins into the whole shopping street, and I had to, you know, pick it all up, and I was very embarrassed. And, and at that time, I kind of wished I was wearing a helmet because, you know, I might have hurt my head or something. But, yeah, <laughs> scarecrows. Safety first. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I'll just say that my take on this story, right, is I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's not – I don't think there's anything actually wrong with this because, you know, like coronavirus, COVID-19 has spread from human to human. And if I approached somebody's house and that thing was outside waiting for me, I wouldn't go inside. I'd be like, Absolutely. screw that. I'm going in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, and definitely no crazy people living there if you see uh, COVID scarecrows, which would be funny to do in Canada today. And if any neighbors ask yeah. you to say, oh, no, it's a COVID scarecrow, it works. I heard it on the internet. You could put um, you could put Jacob Markstrom or something outside your house. Brian Adams. <laughs> Is that a siren <laughs> happening in your apartment? It sounds like you're about to get uh, arrested. Or Can you hear that? Yeah, it's cool. Oh my god, this is this is this is the bane of my life at the moment. This that's probably a Japanese ambulance, and uh, I'm in I'm in the seedy part of Tokyo. That's fascinating. And I, and oh, the the best part is when they make the little announcements out of the out of the speaker at the top, which is like where they like telling people to move out of the road, and when that happens at uh, midnight, two a.m., four a.m. Uh, again, several times throughout the day when you're on live radio, you know, it's a good time. I like it. It sounds like you're in like a Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish I was in okay. a Jason Bourne movie. Um, my, my movie at the moment would be more like, um, I don't know, Lost in Translation, um, Punch Drunk Love, <laughs> uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the list yeah. goes on and on. Sir yeah. Christopher Gilbert, um, live from Tokyo, is here with us. Thank you very much, sir, for being on the show. Um, we'll bring you back, and we will, um, and we will, um, we'll uh, do it again. I love it. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Always good to be here. Thank you for listening to the Shift It'll Do podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.